Welcome to episode 11 of the Australian Bachelorette Podcast. This is James. I'm joined by Nikos. G'day, g'day. G'day, the Australian body language expert. Even though by the time our listeners hear this podcast, they will know who won the entire series, to break down the second last episode is almost like an analysis of the crime scene, a reconstruction, if you will. Well, there's a distinct uh, correlation between the final episode and a crime scene there. Which really turns me on. People got very into that 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 podcast serial. Mm. I feel like this is almost like a mini version of that. George's Anan. Whatever. I've actually never listened to it, but oh. I've heard that it's about a crime and everyone was heavily into it. <laughs> All right. So, we had three dates. Jake, Lee and Maddie J. Jesus. And then we finished up with a rose ceremony. So, should we go through each date uh, bit by bit and see what interesting insights we can extrapolate from this disaster? Perfect. All right, we started with Lee. They shoved Lee and Georgia in a chopper Mm. and they flew over the locations that Lee and Georgia had had their previous dates on. Mm. And this was framed as Georgia showing Lee... Oh, look at all the things we've done. But actually, it was for the audience. It was the producers realising, shit, Lee's a contender. In fact, we probably know at this point Lee's going to win. We need to start shoring up the the proof that something meaningful has gone down between these two. And mm. doing the, the chopper flyover to remember these these past incidents what is, is, a, is a very graphic way of doing that. That's probably a very savvy analysis of what happened the notes i had were according to the the whole the whole date being basically a flashback to their last two dates at least the first part of it i thought that either they're so boring that they can't create any new material the two of them together and also that they're so hot together that it kind of gave the game away again for me at that point hot physically yeah for each other for each other gotcha yeah yeah. you can tell the pheromones that are flying around that chopper actually the more you see them together the more you see the physical skeletal facial similarities between them they both actually have the same kind of broad face the jutting jaw she actually does have quite a prominent jaw just like he does Mm -hmm. they've got the same color eyes uh and so on and so forth so i basically just had the the impression of two people who just really really wanted to have sex and let's face it that is the x factor Mm -hmm. we did have you know some manufactured drama every one of these dates manufactured manufactured some drama Mm -hmm. and the drama in this one was did lee only like her because she was from melbourne and uh, i suppose proximity is nine tenths of the law in a relationship and (laughs) um not having to get on a a fucking virgin blue flight every time you want to get your end end in is a major bonus. It's a major bonus, but when you're really in love, it's a minor squibble. Yep. Yep. I, I get it. And, and and Jake makes this point in his date, which mm-hmm. is that distance doesn't matter if you're really into each other. It's a nice thought. It's maybe even makes sense in theory. But in practice, proximity is where it's at. As a man who is a card-carrying member of the Long Distance Club, who has since turned his long distance into an engagement. I think that if you're truly in love, Richie, ha- Richie said it best when he said love will find a way. The whole hoo-ha about Matty J being from Sydney was simply a way for Georgia to say no to Sure, him. sure. It definitely helps when you're just from the same place, though, doesn't it? You just get to just... It's like saying I really like my people with two legs. Like, if they've got one leg, you'll fucking deal. No, I'm not. I get quite frustrated. I can't keep up with me very well. Lee and Georgia, they, they sit around and I've written in my, in my scrawlings, 
they are scrawlings this time around because I was so bored and jaded with, mm. with Lee. Mm-hmm. Does anything these two do at this point endear us to the idea of Lee and Georgia being the final couple? Well, it can't. And I think it's because Channel 10 obviously have pulled the old switcheroo on us. But why? So that the ending had a bit of reaction, right? Well, I mean, and we'll really go to town on this in the next episode. Yeah. They're wrong because people are sick of being treated like that. Mm -hmm. Probably the bigger point that I'm really looking forward to getting into, though, Mm. is that you can't just blame the producers for a bait and switch. You've got to blame her, just as you had to blame Richie for leading someone up the garden path and then fucking them over. Oh, I agree. I think she's culpable, yeah. And no matter what the producers or the editors think is a good idea or what slant to give things, they can only work with what they've got in the can and yep. what's in the can is a disingenuous t- disingenuous two-faced Janus fucking asshole. Look at, at the beginning of this when she gives a little monologue about the things she's looking for. I really feel like she's reporting on her own life as opposed to being, you know, part of it. Right. She's she's got this objective air to everything that's going on, almost as if she was asked to sign a contract by the producers and then said, why don't I put some extra stuff in there about the things I'll say for you? Right. It's as if she's going above and beyond the call of duty to create this storyline for them. There's so many things about what's happened in the last 48 hours, James. We can't get it all into this ep. Some of these things only crystallized for me at the end of the last episode. So Let's let's keep it in the end. We're just trying to go back, you know, pretend you were the murderer at this point in time, I guess, is what we're doing here. So, of course, the answer to that is no. There is nothing they can do, the producers or Lee and Georgia, to make us like them together at this point. Why? Because there doesn't seem to be any hot blood coming from Lee. Lee speaks with this kind of goofy, soft voice that never sounds like it committed to anything because it never had to. Um, He has a soft face and a kind of, just this kind of plodding, soft demeanor of someone that never had to really try for anything. I'm not saying he doesn't have a real human heart inside, but does he really have the controls at his fingertips to really pilot that heart and let us actually see it i don't know if he's ever had to well maybe not but georgia as you've said is a bossy person you know if you've got someone who's soft that's a that's a malleable partnership there where georgia can call the shots right and in the next step i will be drawing some interesting parallels between lee and mr love Mm. or doctor or whatever Mm. they are actually more similar than you realize Mm. well let's move on to jake's state let's not get caught up on lee we'll speak a lot more about him poor old jake really he, he, he just feels like a teenager in this in his whole date. Yeah, I've got to say, it was so... Georgia says, I just knew Jake would be in my final three. I knew he'd be here mm-hmm. at this point. And I just thought, God, that's crass. Isn't it? It's like, oh, I knew you'd be top three. Yeah. I knew you'd be top three. Yeah. And then that I'd get rid of you. Mm, it's I knew horrible. It. Horrific. Well, Jake is either really dumb or very, very nervous. I, I think it's probably a combination combo, of the two. Combo, combo. He is so affectionate on this date, James. He kisses her on the shoulder Oh, at one my point. God. I've got kiss on the shoulder in big scrolls here. <laughs> I big almost scrolls. threw up in my mouth. And as he's kissing her, she says in her, in her best current affairs slash getaway reporter voice, mm. how are you feeling about being here? Mm. I mean, it is so... The contrast between them is... Almost unwatchable. The interesting thing about him, too, is that every time she throws out an offer, he doesn't add anything. So, she says, 
what a way to see the harbour. And he says, there's no other way. He, does, he literally adds nothing to the entire conversation that we see. No, he doesn't. But you can't. It's like you asking me to add to a poo that's in the toilet. No. What am I just going to add another poo to Excuse it? Excuse me. Matty J adds poos. That's true. Matty J adds poos. But what a way to see the harbour is she is in training to be, you know, Mike Whitney's co-host on the next series of Sydney Confidential. There you go. You just added another poo to the, to the toilet. If Thank she you. says... What a way to see the harbour. You go, all right, Mike Whitney. Right. Take it easy, Tim Bailey. Yeah. Coming up next, the Chinese gardens. What a great outing for the kiddies. <laughs> Sydney fish markets, open from 5am every day, is a great place to go to check out the beautiful live seafood and happy faces eating up some fresh, delicious seafood on a daily basis. Get, get over there on the monorail. I'm here at Bridge Climb. Now, this is a way to see Sydney. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed George's eyes mm-hmm. in, on this date. Yeah. They were... I don't think I've ever seen anything like this on one of these shows. Mm-hmm. She couldn't actually look at him. They were very shifty. At one point... Shifty. He, he goes on to quite a... He, he's, they're, they're, they're leaning on the, on the deck of the yacht and he sort of launches into quite an impassioned discussion about something and she's staring, looking off furtively off off camera for quite an extended period of time before she manages to bring her eyes back. I'm I'm shocked that they put that shot in because it gives it away so so blatantly. Well, so did the part where he said, "How did you feel about visiting my family?" and the obvious awkwardness in her. I, I I wept for mankind. She she says to the camera, "I'm so happy in his arms. I can't think of anywhere else in the world I'd rather be." She blinks on the word "be." She looks away when she says it, and then she smiles. She is a dirty liar. She is a liar. Straight up. No allegedly involved in this. No. Liar. She says, there was nowhere else in the world I would have rather have been. Lies. They head off to Star City again. I feel like they've been there together before. There's something very Star City about Jake. With his velour jacket. Um, and we see him doing the close-up uh, when he's getting ready at the, at the, the hotel room. There's a close-up on him slipping his pinky ring on with the initials. And I remember in the first ep, he's, he describes to Georgia that him and his brother and his dad all have one of these rings. And now that we've seen the dad, who looks like... He's, he looks like Walter Matthau meets Charles Bud Tingwell meets every horrific, sad father in any Australian, you know, um, Jollywood-style weep fest. <laughs> I can't imagine... That dad having a pinky ring with his initials on it. The end of this date is so embarrassing. Georgia is visibly embarrassed by him telling her that he's a fighter and that he'll do anything and that he's what she wants and he's the one she's been looking for. She says in her piece to camera, he's looking for his one and I'm it. You know, wow. And she looks visibly embarrassed. And that embarrassment is, is disrespectful. I actually found it disrespectful of Jake. Because she's done everything she could to lead him on to saying those things. Disrespectful to Jake. Yeah, you can't. Her embarrassment in recounting his outpouring of emotion Mm -hmm. was the most disrespectful thing I've seen her do so far. Let's just look at the other side of the coin here. Because, I mean, I I knew Jake was going because of I'd seen something on leaks, mate. Leaks. Leaks. Well, Julian Assange had uncovered some sort of Channel 10 Oh, Bradley Manning dropped that shit on a Lady Gaga CD. Georgia goes, I really feel like Jake would do anything for me. Now, this, 
Ladies and gentlemen, and to all the young men out there who are listening, <laughs> and I know there's a lot of you, this is not attraction, and this is called putting a girl on a pedestal, mm. and this never works or gets anyone any respect, and it is the yep. surest sign to turning someone off and yep. making them lose respect for you. No yep. one likes anyone who puts them on a pedestal unless they are a psychopath. Yeah, and that is where Maddie J goes goes wrong as well, demeanour-wise. This is the unfortunate downfall of Maddie J as well. It's not that Lee doesn't purposefully not you know, put... It's not that Lee purposefully doesn't put her on a pedestal. Lee just doesn't have the tools to elevate or... Or, or lower anyone. That's a very apt observation. Lee just floats through. Mm. And that happens to come across as um, someone that doesn't really need anyone and therefore that breeds desirability because you want him to need you then. Lee doesn't need anyone. Lee yeah. has been very happy coasting along for 35 years on a pretty face and a ridiculous rig. Mm-hmm. And a, and a sweet demeanour. Lee right. would get enough attention from people in general, not just women, but also men, and partly it would be offset by his shyness. That shyness is an offset to the amount of attention he would get. Right. Um, I, was, I was watching one of the episodes and thinking, why is that guy so shy? But he is so shy because he is so good looking. Right. To pair those looks with an outrageous ego or an outgoing personality, it's too much. Too much. You'd be shot in the street by somebody. You'd be Sam. No, but Sam is not the same. Sam is not the same. Uh, Sam is Sam doesn't have a confidence. Sam mm. has turned his insecurity into a nastiness. Mm-mm. I'm talking about like being really super confident. You you you'd become a parody of yourself. Gotcha, gotcha. You'd end up killing yourself by asphyxiating yourself while having sex with a with a an animal. Or sure, something. sure. AKA my Sunday night. I just think there's one other thing that we can talk about uh-huh. with this. The main the main objection that Georgia brings up, obviously, as a way of saying to Jake, it's not you, it's me, is that he lives in the Gold Coast, right? And his mum needs him and whatever. Yep. Yep. Obviously, the, the, this might very well be something that she's done as a self-defense mechanism, which is going back on perhaps what she said to Channel 10 producers at the beginning, as in, I would be happy to date someone from elsewhere if they were the right person. Mm-hmm. But- Looking at it from a storytelling perspective, why do we feel so fucking cheated by this whole development and this plot twist? Mm. It's the equivalent of watching a Superman movie and then in the third act going, actually, he doesn't have any superpowers at all Mm -hmm. and the world is doomed. Mm -hmm. It is like waking up from a dream at the end of a story Mm. because you've established a bunch of stakes, which is she will do anything for love. And then at the last minute, she goes, actually, I won't. So, you feel like you've been watching the whole thing under false pretenses. Yeah, that's a great point. It's, it's, It's changing the rules. Uh, three-quarter time. That's why it's a shame Lee wasn't from Kubapiti or Ningen or Nowra mm. or Christmas Island or something. It's a <laughs> shame that he's from her town mm. because clearly she's got it for Lee. There must be uh, incredible attraction there to have chosen him. It's a shame he wasn't from somewhere difficult. Well, it's allowed her to use that as a flimsy excuse. It has. It has. I, so, I wish he was from Bumfuck. Yeah. You're, yeah. So... <laughs> Let's move on to Maddie J. Yeah, shall we? so Maddie J expresses a fear of rejection, mm. and that's fair enough. He's a real guy. Mm-hmm. He realizes that it's possible that he may not take this out, mm-hmm. uh, and I suppose that's fair enough because 
you know, she's done a lot of um, we're on the same paging and that just eventually starts to mean nothing. And Maddie J has a little bit of instinct and understands that this is not a dead cert by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, the date is framed as when will he really pour I it I feel out. like unfortunately for Maddie J, he's got resting dick face. What's that? You know, resting bitch face. Yeah. He's got resting dick face. Which is? Well, when he's not smiling, he looks like he's unhappy. Oh. So, it makes professions of love Mm. a little bit more surprising, perhaps, for women than they should be. Because suddenly, here's this guy who looks as if he's not really happy or having a good time all the time, who's like, actually, I love you. Mm. And so, the signs that he's been giving out to her... Since the beginning, Mm. she obviously thought he was up himself Mm -hmm. at the very first meeting, have not necessarily been consistent with how she's been reacting to him the whole time. I'm really at sea here about how he actually is uh, in general because he's framed as someone that she always laughs with, that they always have a, a fun, laughy time. Yeah. He, 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 look, and yet I don't think I don't think the dates have been portrayed as laugh fests with her. No. All right. Come on, when they're doing the gin, they're having a hilarious... It's the most enjoyable Fine, they have time a good ti- we've seen her have. That's called having a good time. But I, I feel like every single date that they've deigned to show us between those two has involved some fun and then some proper chat. It's not like he's a walking clown. Far from it. When he's putting the drops of lemon in the gin during this date, there is someone who is able to engineer some drama Mm -hmm. and humour out Mm -hmm. of a social situation. You're right. And it had to be done because Georgia pronounced limoncello lemoncello, which is a classic (laughs) bogan, uneducated thing to do. She's from the middle of Melbourne. Her dad is a medical specialist. She says lemoncello, James. It's not good enough. Can I just say, as a little aside, we had Julian Remington on last week from Channel 10. I miss him. He was good. Julian spoke about the demographic that the workers at Channel 10 are supposed to be thinking about Mm -hmm. when coming up for content with content Mm -hmm. and storylines for these shows. Now, I can second that occurrence because I worked at Channel 10 Mm -hmm. and I heard the exact same analogy Mm -hmm. where I was told to think of... I, I remember creating some content that had a reference to Shakespeare and I was told to go back to the drawing board and think about this family of four in Marrickville Metro mm, food court. Mm. Which is funny because this is this must have been a while ago because Marrickville's now very hipster. Okay. Well, it, it wasn't back then. A Liverpool food court or something now. You know. Well, it was more about the harried nature of the housewife who okay. just wanted 15 minutes of joy watching uh-huh. Offspring and just an escape from her horrible screaming children. Yeah. I love Dexter who Holland eating, and Noodles as well. They're, who they're, were eating greasy Chinese food and her yeah. husband who just had worked all day in a dirty job, whatever. Gotcha. George is a bogan, but George is pitched perfectly according to that brief. The way she says, I've never made a martini. And then she drinks the martini and neither of them know how to arrange their faces because they're drinking pure spirits. And unless you're fucking sophisticated like me, Mm -hmm. you don't like martinis and neither of them would ever have ordered one. You can (laughs) tell. They sip it and then they go, and then she goes, oh, that's a good martini. You go, no, come on. You'd be happier with your pure blonde or your your, uh, illusion shaker. Going back to him making her laugh, the reason she might have said this is because when they're together, I sense that she's laughing naturally. Whereas when she's with Lee, they're talking over each other and I think she's laughing because she wants to think that she's having a better time with Lee. Mm. That's my impression. The best bit was when they're sitting there drinking the martini and Georgia says, we can create... dot, And then she doesn't finish the sentence and Maddie J, quick as a flash, comes in and says, 
magic. And then Georgia is totally thrown. And she says, uh, 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 well, yes, uh, also alcohol, but magic too. And then she says, we're good at this, good team. It is so bad. You know he's not going to win at that point. You just know. It was a very awkward moment. Oh, my God. Oh, the awkwardness of this whole episode, really. It was It was horrible. Okay, so w- w- they come to the spa, which yep. is basically, it, it's lit in a very similar way to a Days of Our Lives scene. Yep. Did you notice the mm. resemblance to a daytime soap mm. and the soppy talk from Matty J? I mean, he looks like a Chippendales or a Days of Our Lives yep. you know, model slash actor. Yep. But here we see... In graphic detail, the duplicitous nature of Georgia Love. Well, James. How can she live with herself after this? Oh, my this? God, dude. Well, first of all, Matty J almost goes meta in this scene. Mm-hmm. He, I'm pretty sure his eyeballs flick past camera at some point as he's mustering the courage yeah. to say, I'm falling in love with you. Yeah, I noticed that. And it just made... That made me quiver a bit more than anything he actually said, that he was looking beyond the, the the falsity of the setting to drum up enough bravery to to say something that he that he felt yeah. that was real and she absolutely i mean the reward that she gives him is just her body language the look on her face it's sultry it's she looks cleanly and unblinkingly at him when she says i love hearing that you almost think she's gonna say i love you too it was a very convincing performance and i'm pretty sure i i think i wrote something like it might actually might be in the in the next step but um i I said either they're setting up maddie j to be really fucked over or, or this is the real shit. And if they're setting him up to be fucked over, I'm sorry, but I now refuse to use the word they as if we're talking about these faceless demonic producers because who's the point man in this situation to do the setup? Georgia Love. Well, why do we feel differently about this than we did about Sam Frost's last spa date with Michael Turnbull? Oh, Turnbull was just barely there. He's barely there as a human. He's barely functioning, James. But how do, how, why did we not feel that so much about Richie fucking over Nikki? Well, we did, didn't we? I think the anger seemed to be directed the anger is always directed against the producers more than it's directed i guess richie copped more personal anger than georgia seems to have copped in the immediate aftermath of this really i guess no one can bring it can bring themselves to admit that she is satan (laughs) (laughs) one of the things that sam frost did from memory i may have mentioned this was bump richie out earlier Mm. and take michael turnbull to the last two because she didn't she knew it wouldn't matter to him as much because he was a little more disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Now, if unless Georgia Love was genuinely confused, which she seemed to suggest that she wasn't in the last episode, no, no. this is a woman who has played a severe game with yep. a young man's heart. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's very irresponsible. And it's the behavior. And here we go back to the selection of Georgia in the first place. It's the behavior of a commercial television professional. How so? Because you don't, it doesn't matter what aspect of commercial television you're in. If you're in any on-camera, light entertainment, um, current affairs part of, of that world, you swap out your moral values very quickly because you do whatever it takes to make good television. As, as far as good television is defined mm-hmm. in your narrow, fucked up commercial television universe. 
and she worked for commercial networks in news reporting for years. Uh, I worked on something, James, where I was brought in to work on a documentary. I won't name it or who it was for, but there were influences on that documentary of a very commercial mind in in the core creative team. And there were things that were suggested that I couldn't stomach because I thought they were they were just dishonest. And I realized that actually they the person who was suggesting these things to me didn't really have a problem with that and had a sense of just general aesthetics about everything and didn't really take the real humans involved very seriously. And I, I, I can only think that that's how Georgia has approached being in this show. Well, it taints the whole series with an unfortunate brush because every time she said, I'm in this for the right reasons, I'm in this for true love, all I want to do is find my true love, I've given up my career. It's called acting. There was a part of her that was being dishonest because she was also there to create TV. It's called acting. She had a dual purpose. She yes. lied to the Australian public. And she had been a persona on television for several years already. Yes, under her own name. And that's what makes it even more uh, creepy that you play a version of yourself, that this version of yourself that's on the screen will do what it takes to make good TV and there's a, a completely different moral code at play. Now, let's talk about why Maddie J, as I said last week, was the, is the perfect modern media crossover. And I said this obviously with my tongue in cheek when he appeared with this KFC box, but this is a man who said at every point how he felt. Yep. And he came out with that bucket of chicken and he, what did he spray himself with Perry Ellis or something in the thing? Yep. He did what was asked of him, but at no point did he misrepresent his intentions. No. As far as we can tell. You can actually see that um, it's extremely, you are more likely to come across as genuine if you, you swim through the shit without blinking. Okay, I'll wear that. I'll carry that. I'll say that. In fact, the more I do it, the more you'll see the real me. Yeah, the more you'll see the real me. Exactly. And Georgia Love is such a an insidious version of a modern psychopath mm. because she's very, very convincing by so many ways that we judge the trustworthiness or the capability of a modern person. Mm -hmm. She ticks every single box, almost every single box by which we would judge a trustworthy, reputable young person. Mm. And yet she doesn't tick that final box and the most important one, Integrity. If I was in the biz, in you know, in at a level where I was considering hiring and/or firing people, she, I would I would never work with this person in any capacity. I would not hire them. I would not work with them. I would have nothing to do with them. You and I have worked with people like this before. I well, I, I'm a, I'm like a FIFO worker. I, I'm in and I'm out. If I have to work with people like this, you know, I I you could not stomach more than that. There's a distinct greasiness you're left with after this they've smiled at you and had a lovely chat and heard about what you're up to and acted as if they could help you with something mm -mm. and just by virtue of massive coincidence can't at the moment mm. and left you there's a slight sheen of greasiness in the atmosphere not to undercut any of, of this ranting and raving but no none of the people involved in this kind of tv are machiavelli and they're nowhere near organised enough to conduct really well thought out um, uh, horror. It happens because it's the path of least resistance. 
there are formats that you fit into and no one's got the guts to question, challenge, or push these these formats into anything v- vaguely approaching truth. Well, this brings us to the question that Werner Herzog has been so eloquently searching for his entire cinematic career. What is evil and what does it look like? Every time this topic comes up, I always bring up the example of the fact that he puts chickens in all of his films. Mm-hmm. Because when you look into the eye of a chicken, mm-hmm. there's just a blank, opaque blackness mm-hmm. amoral which is therefore capable potentially of the greatest evil greater than any machiavellian person mm-hmm. with bad intentions to start off with right now georgia being part of that apathetic e- path of least resistance there there's something inherently more evil because yep. of that amorality. because it's not conscious exactly I, I, if she was here and we were accusing her of all these things face to face she'd be shocked yeah She'd actually be sh- shocked. She'd say, I, 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 I'd completely deny all of these things. I'm not like what you're saying. Yeah. But the pictures cannot lie, James. Mm. Anyway, I think we've got to move on because this could become, we could be here. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to settle in for probably several days now, lighting candles, beating myself with um, uh, a whip made of fish hooks. <laughs> Why? Just to kind of purge... Uh, Purge the feelings. I know, we could go on. Let's go to the rose ceremony. Uh, Jake gets the flick. Georgia uh, can't take him away from his sick mother. When they go outside to to kind of have their little moment, mm. he's pretty cut. Mm. And she says, I just wasn't 100% certain. And if I'm not 100% certain, I can't carry you on because there's too much at stake. And I found that that was actually quite reasonable. What I have to take from this... And my little sister listens to this podcast and, and gave us some salient feedback, I think, mm. uh, last week where mm. she said, I'd like you to add a few more insights mm. rather than just recapping. So, little sister, here's what you can learn from this little exchange, right? For all those as well who are thinking about dating or are having trouble dating or finding real love. Jake, at one point, says when he's, he's, he's dri- being driven away in the limo, he says, I showed Georgia my best. Now, this is the perfect example of self-deception that we go through when we're looking for love because when you've seen all the dates that we were showing between Jake and Georgia, he is obviously not being half as funny as he was with his mates in the scenes when we saw him uh, hanging out with Sam. Jake is not giving his best because Georgia is not right for him. Mm -hmm. When you are with someone who is right for you, you are the funniest person in the world. Mm. And they laugh at your jokes as if you are the funniest person in the world. Mm -hmm. Jake is here really, really excited by the idea of having a relationship and Mm -hmm. winning the competition and not specifically into Georgia love. So, when you are thinking that you are the best person or this person is the best for you, just think about who you are best in front of. And if that's the case with that person, then chances are you're on the right track. If it's not, find someone else. Good call. And here endeth the penultimate episode. My feelings at this point were not definitive. I thought I thought Maddie J was actually going to win. I'm going to be honest at the end of this episode. Yeah. I thought there was so much real between them in that in that date that they went on and in that pool scene. I just could not believe that she would fuck him over at this point, James. If the Channel 10 producers or the editors' MO was to steer us the other way, they certainly I am not blaming well. just the editors. I can no longer just blame. The editors did not pull the strings that controlled her face and her body and her words. Well, one of the things that Lee's come out and said publicly was that there was a lot between them that we weren't shown. Well, the things that we were shown between Maddie J and Georgia, you don't treat someone like that if you're going to fuck them over. The end. So, we've established that Maddie Jesus... Died for our sins. And Georgia Love was Satan. Satan. Yeah, Satan. <laughs>